Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, welcome back to another episode of Steady Focused. I'm your host, I'm your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. We are continuing with our four-part mini-series on world travel. Today on the show, we've got something a little off the beaten path for Steady Focused. We sit down with a good friend of mine, Mr. Jeff Finley, to dive into his journey of self-discovery. He was one of the most influential graphic artists in the country, a partner at Go Media, arguably one of the most elite design firms in America. He created and was the main energy behind Weapons of Mass Creation Fest, WMC Fest, which became the blueprint for design conferences that have sprung up all across the United States. He was on top of the world, or so it appeared from the outside looking in. Then one day, he stepped away from it all. Divorced, resigned from Go Media, stepped away from Weapons of Mass Creation Fest, packed up all of his stuff, and hit the road on a journey of self-exploration. This is an inspirational episode. And you guys might be thinking, hey, Simeon, this is great, but I thought this was a photography and filmmaking podcast episode show that you're doing. And absolutely, Steady Focused is about that. And so why am I saying this is relevant to our learnings here at Steady Focused? Because the highlight of this talk that Jeff and I had is when Jeff talks about having courage to follow your calling. And that is right on with Steady Focused and where we're at. He also talks about fear. Fear of disappointing others by following our calling. Okay? These are some things that I have touched on in my life over my history. Have I ever had these feelings? Yes. And Jeff is a great man. And his story is extremely interesting, and I believe there is someone listening to this that is going to find great value in the story of Mr. Jeff Finley. So, without any further ado, I love you guys. Thank you for being here with me, with us tonight. Please help me give a big, steady, focused welcome to my friend, Mr. Jeff Finley. Wow. Thanks, Simeon. I'm glad to be here. It, it brings back memories, Jeff. I remember what, okay, what year was Weapons of Mass Creation when I met you? Which one? Did you come to the first one? Um, I came to Johnny Cupcakes. Okay. That was the second year, I think. Yeah. Man. And so the way that I met Mr. Jeff Finley was actually, um, Man, I met you, I found you through some of the tutorials that you were making at the, it, it again, it all goes back to music <laughs> uh -huh. and, uh, man, I was heavy into, um, band posters, creating graphics and you were just killing it 
on the tutorials and then, you yeah, know, that's right. So Jeff, from your own words, introduce yourself and tell us who is Jeff Finley? All right, cool. Well, I'm a graphic designer, illustrator, and author. So, and professionally, I had been, you know, doing gig posters and album artwork and T-shirt designs, you know, in my, in my 20s. I'm 35 now, and and my 20s were jam-packed full of creative work. You know, hitting the career, I was a partner at a digital design agency called Go Media. I played in several different bands, and I was, you know, I started and founded a festival called Weapons of Mass Creation. And in that festival, we had designers and bands and filmmakers and, you know, entrepreneurs coming from all over the all over the nation, all over the world, you know, into Cleveland, Ohio, where I was kind of born and raised up in that Northeast Ohio region. And about a few years ago, probably when I hit 30, I started to go through maybe a middle of a, like a bit of a midlife crisis, mm -hmm. um, a, spir a spiritual awakening. And, um, you know, I started to feel burned out on most of my work. And I know I accomplished all of my dreams, but... And I had a lot of success, but I still felt like something was missing. Like it started to creep up on me and I wasn't sure what it was. And, you know, after about a year or two of kind of uh, pushing that aside, it got so strong that I couldn't afford to push it aside anymore. I ended up having to leave my company and leave my festival. And I also got a divorce, ended up so leaving everything that I had built and created in my 20s and was uh, starting over from scratch, essentially. I, And then that's when I started traveling. And... Wow. I mean, everybody just soak on that for a minute. What the the journey that Jeff just walked us through literally at the time, you know, and it probably still is go media, one of definitely the heavyweights in the graphic design world, um, not only for the clients that were coming to go media, but the artists coming up watching the education that you guys were handing out and the, um, what do you what do you call the the vectors the packs the the pieces so and it was there and then you know you're running weapons of mass creation literally you're drawing in people from all across the world and it's like you know you're you're the man of that click or so to say mm -hmm. and then you say you know what i'm walking away from this what mm -hmm. what what was that the, talk about fear Oh yeah, definitely fear. I mean, it was, um, my biggest fear was disappointing people and letting everybody down. And then that would come back on me as, uh, like, you know, shame and guilt. And so that was my biggest fear. I, and I, cause I felt like I didn't deserve to go to quit something. And if it were to be destroyed or no one would run it anymore, or if it would no longer be good, uh, that would be my fault. And I would, I felt really bad about that. I felt bad about leaving go media. I felt like, you know, it took a lot to find to get me to admit to my partners that I was depressed because mm -hmm. I wanted to put on a good face. I wanted to still be a good, good employee, good partner and do my share of the work and not let people down. And so that was something I had to face that fear of letting people down to follow my own path. And, and, you know, it's like I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe that my own path was worthy. I, I thought that I had to continue doing what I had started and because it was great and it was bringing in money and inspiring a lot of people. So I thought, what kind of idiot would give up on that? Mm -hmm. So to learn how to trust that inner voice inside and that said, no, this is no longer serving me. I have to go a different direction, even though I don't know what it is. That was so scary to do. But fortunately, our souls are designed to get us to do that 
no matter what. And it's going to sort of force you if you don't, it's going to get so bad that you have to either your life's going to collapse and you have to follow that inner voice or you you know, you get signs and, and uh, an attempt or you get chances along the way to stay on that inner voice path. And, um, you know, so that was my biggest fear. I had to approach that for real people being mad, upset with me, losing respect, losing my, uh, reputation, all of that stuff. And that's, a, that's big. You, you gotta ask, I gotta ask myself, you know, would I have the courage to do that? And I think back to situations in my life where I've been at, at one of those major crossroads and I, you know, I feel thankful to say that I don't have a lot of regrets, um, but I can absolutely touch the magnitude of the decision you made. And then so so you you walk out of that or you say guys I'm 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 leaving I'm stepping away from to pursue my ultimate being and and where does that road take you It really just takes me inward like into my heart soul essence like you know it's it's hard to say from an outside perspective what that looks like because it's very personal for each each individual but I bet everyone listening knows what that means um, it's like when I was leaving, I wasn't really going to any other destination. I wasn't leaving for a competitor. I was going to freelance and do my own work and stuff. And I had some projects, but nothing that could compare to the amount of opportunity that I was already involved in. So what was I actually leaving to? It was really just a journey in my, into my own, uh, soul. So I had to, you know, I started with meditation and, and all of that, and that's how I sort of got in touch with that part of myself even deeper. And then it was just uh, continually following that path. So it, it, it manifested in me taking a road trip across the country. So two years ago, um, I took a 43-day trip from Ohio all the way up down, all the way up to Seattle, down the West Coast, and back down through Austin, Texas, and then back up mm -hmm. to Ohio. You know, and I and I stopped at a lot of uh, places along the way and met some great people. And I called it my Starseed tour because right at that time I started to get involved with this concept called Starseed, which was uh, it's like a spiritual, extraterrestrial, esoteric concept that your soul has many past lives and incarnations in different star systems other than Earth. Mm -hmm. So realizing that you are an infinite being that that exists beyond this Earth plane, and so that's that was where that journey began. And so I started traveling, you know, visiting different people and finding different cities and saying, well, this is what life's like outside of Northeast Ohio. You go on this 43 day journey and you're going all over the world, all over the country, and you end up in Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. and you call that your home. And uh, so you're exploring, you're adventuring, and you create your a new business, right? So you can uh, continue with your visual, with your love of visuals, with your love of products. And talk a bit about what the new company is that you do, Jeff. Yeah. So when I was on my road trip, I had come across some friends that made patches and pins and I had a denim jacket and they loaded me up with a bunch of stuff. And I was super excited actually about it. I was like, holy shit, I want to make some of these myself. So while I was on my trip, I had a bunch of ideas and I was sketching them out and things that I wanted to create were patches for, you know, out of body experiences, lucid dreaming, starseed, um, metaphysical concepts like that. And so when I got to Austin, I started designing and 
got my first line of patches made. So that I started off with a Starseed patch, a Flower of Life patch, and uh, 1111 clock patch. And make so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, <laughs> the synchronicity. Cool. When you look up, you're like, eh, it's 1111 again, you know? Cool, cool. Yeah, so that's I started off by making three patches, and um, I've been expanding my line of patches and pins on my Etsy store. And my business is called Starseed Supply Co., and you can find it at starseedsupply.co. It takes you to the Etsy store. But I just actually crossed over my 1,000th sale today. Wow. Okay. Yep. Well, cool. And I, I love your Instagram that you have for Starseed. It's really cool and fun and vivid. Um, I was really impressed when I came back onto I saw it when it was first kicking off. And then, of course, you know, life goes on. And then I came back to it. And I thought, man, go, Jeff. I'm congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, the Instagram is something that, you know, I've actually been getting a little bit more into it now that I was on my road trip and my uh, my my uh, trip over to Europe. I was taking a ton of pictures. But, yeah, Starseed Supply, I think I've got about 15 products, 15, 16, 17 products in there. I just came out with uh, some snapback hats and some T-shirts and some enamel pins and all of that fun stuff. And you, like you're saying, you just returned from Europe and the photos, the images, the scenes that you were capturing and you were going straight to Instagram, it was just awesome. And I've so looked forward every time you're going to put a new picture up. So talk about you're in Austin and you say, hey, I'm going to Europe. Yeah, so I spent my first year after the divorce in Austin, and I did a lot of healing. I met a lot of uh, great people, friends and girlfriends and lovers and and healers, different uh, people, so many different experiences. But by the time fall uh, came around, I was really starting to get this sense that my time there was done and complete, and I didn't really know where to go next. And I started to get this overwhelming feeling that I just need to go go to Europe. It was a desire, and I felt this desire... You know, a couple years ago, like, oh, I'd eventually like to travel, but, you know, it wasn't anything that jumped out at me. But now it was like my lease is going to be ending in a couple of months. And what more would I like to just give up everything? And instead of paying for rent, I could pay for hostels or Airbnbs. And instead of paying for my utilities, I pay for planes or pay for my plane and train tickets and mm-hmm. bus fare and figure it out. Like, I've never been to Europe, so... All I need to do is get over there. I don't know why I need to go there or what I need to see or what I need to do. I just need to get over to the big continent of Europe and then I'll figure it out. So that was, yeah, yeah, that was around the fall. And then I think um, I asked for a sign for a sign for show me where to go first. And there was actually a girl on Instagram who was modeling my starseed supply uh, patches and pins for me. She lived in Berlin and she was a reader of my book, Maker Mistaker. And she and I shared some great long personal emails back and forth. And, you know, she told me that I could stay with her if I went to Europe. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go there first. Wow. And it's funny. So I went to Berlin, Germany. And unfortunately, I never got to hang out with her because plans didn't line up. Okay. She's the one that brought that got me to book my plane ticket. So (laughs) that's where my journey started. (laughs) Okay. Well, Keep going. I mean, you get into Germany expecting someone to be there and they don't answer the door? No, no. I knew she... I mean, I, I, I flew into Berlin, Germany with my own intentions of staying and traveling around there. And then I was going to meet up with her at some point. Ah. So I flew into Berlin and she lives just about an hour outside of Berlin or so. And um, But 
I was in Berlin for a couple of days and we tried making plans and then they fell through and then I never really I kept kind of breaking up communication with her. Things did things started to go downhill and I was like, I'm not getting a good sign from this anymore. I think I need to let this thing go. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but I also I had some I have a Facebook friend who is also into Starseed uh, stuff. She was uh, going to school in Berlin, so she happened to be in town, and then she was the one who took me out onto town and showed me how to use the bus system, and you know, was my first official friend slash tour guide wow. in Europe. And I, I really needed somebody like that because I didn't know what I was doing. And it's so much easier when you have at least a human, another body to like show you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I could have done it by myself, but I would probably wouldn't have because I wasn't that, I didn't want to be that uncomfortable. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. And, um, I spent some time in, uh, well, I left Berlin, went over to Krefeld and Dusseldorf and a few other places and saw some castles and, uh, made my way down to, the Bernina Express scenic railroad train through uh, through Switzerland and saw oh some great gosh. great scenic landscapes through that and made that that took me to Italy and I'm like all right what do I do in Italy now so oh I found some hiking trails down in the, the Cinque Terre which is like the northern part of Italy but on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and there's some great hiking trails along these coastal villages that you can they connect them so i was just walking from village to village and it would take me about you know half a day to get to a village and then a half a day you know to get back or something but i did that and then from there i went to jeff let me stop you right there oh yeah so during during this you know you you get to europe you're there you're you're traveling all over i mean do you feel like you are advancing you know evolving is it does it feel like you're on a trek of elevation you know elevating your spirit yeah you know yeah definitely because my time in germany okay so i really got to face some serious loneliness you know like i was in austin sure and i got to face some loneliness there too because you know as if your listeners don't know i was married for with somebody for 12 years since i was uh got out of college and I was working with people for my, most of my life. So now I'm on my own working and on my own in my with no relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. And I dated some, but I knew that I needed to not be dating. But I knew I needed I knew I needed to be by myself and, and explore that for a while. But man, it was really hard because I kept being obsessed with uh, obsessed with finding a lover or finding some friend or finding someone to to be with. Okay. And, so I did, I looked on like dating apps and websites to find somebody there. I wasn't, I'm not the type of person that's going to go to a bar or club because I don't drink and I don't really participate in many of the social activities. So okay. as an introvert going over there, trying to meet people, especially when I'm not doing my own thing, I'm not going to an event for for vending for Star Seed Supply. I'm not doing that or playing in a band. So I'm not like doing my activity. Yeah. I'm really just walking around and exploring in a foreign country. So I know nothing about it. it's pretty hard to kind of like act like you know what you're doing and then meet people along the way. So I did meet a couple people through the dating apps and that was actually very, very fortunate. You know, they had some good experiences, um, you know, but nothing, no terrible big romance or anything like that. But the, this, this whole idea of, of these women reached teaching me something. There was a, there was a time when I was in Germany. Okay. This girl I had a major crush on, before I had come to Germany. I knew she lived there, but I had met her online before my trip. I went to go see her, and 
I felt such an intense chemistry with her. It was ridiculous. Okay. But she, she did not feel the same way with me. Ah. And I was so confused. I felt so strongly that I needed to be there. I needed to meet her so strong. And my, my soul was on fire. It was like, you are in the right place. You are right here where you need to be. And at the same time, she wasn't reciprocating the type of love that I wanted. So I ended up having to say goodbye to her. And I felt like heartbroken for the next couple of days to the point where I'm like, I is something wrong with me? I need to get a therapist or something. Okay. So <laughs> I ended up hiring a, a healer over Skype, a therapist person. And um, oh, she introduced me to this concept called Jin Shin meditation, which is like a meditation, but you're using your fingers to touch different energy points on your body. And okay. it's supposed to help get you back in alignment with your default state, you know, with, and I told her that I wanted to be attracted to women that were right for me, not attracted to women that are not available or, you know, <laughs> that are, you know, that I have to chase or do all this okay. effort to, you know, and she's like, well, this will help, you know, and she, so that, that did help. I was doing that. And I had all these dreams that I was cleaning out the basement of my house. Okay. And if you, if you look at dream symbology, what that means is, uh, I'm literally the, the basement in your dreams means your subconscious, your unconscious, your shadow. And here I am doing all of this cleaning work within my unconscious and shadow through this meditation. And so my dreams are telling me, they're showing me what's going on. And it was incredible because there was one time, I think I might've been in Italy in this one point, this dream that I had, I had, uh, I was screaming at this nondescript shadow. I was, I just felt all of this anger and rage at this, that this, uh, darkness in the dream. And then I, once I sort of felt my power and, and like took over it, then all of the darkness turned to light and basically my whole entire basement lit up with light. Mm. And if you think about that as symbology, it's like I'm looking straight into my own darkness and feeling my power coming back and then looking and then seeing it all come to light. So there are some, there are some shifts happening within my consciousness, within my body that are taking over. And, and I'm experiencing this as a lot of abstract pain for no reason. Like I always, I'm in Germany. I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm living the free, free life, mm -hmm. but yet I'm immobilized in my bed with, with like just so much anxiety. And, um, mm. I don't even know what you want to call it. Just like depression. And I yeah. have nothing to be depressed about physically. I have everything that I'm wanting. I'm doing what I want to do. But what I think was happening, Simeon was I'm giving myself this time to myself and things are things are coming up for me to be yeah. healed. Yes. So since I'm spending the time to myself and I have complete, you know, there's no distractions. My subconscious is like, okay, here you go. We're going to feel all these things that, that have needed to be felt or that you've wow. suppressed or that you've, you know, ignored over the course of your life. So they kept coming up and I was crying in these meditations and really going through these healings. So I'd have good days and bad days, you know, days where I'm expanding and I'm feeling alive and traveling. And other days I'm just sitting in the bed in the darkness, you know, just going through this, this, these experiences. So, and, and this is going to go into something else uh, that we had, uh, that I had talked to you about recently. I, I believe you was your first book threads, not dead. Yes. And then you came out with the, uh, the morning route. Uh, what is it? Wake up. Yep. Wake up the morning routine. That'll yeah, change there, your life. there you go. Wake up the morning routine. And then you came out with the third book. And I thought this was super cool. Both the other books were great. I 
Thread's Not Dead. If you guys are interested in any kind of apparel design or the clothing world at all, Jeff wrote a book about it. It's, some people will call it like the a Bible, not sacrilegious, but, you know, uh, and that's awesome. And then he did Wake Up. Uh, talking about the morning routine and just the importance of that, like, and what your mind and your body can gain from being up early. And then, so after, like you were talking about, you were, Go Media was kind of coming to an end for you, and you're going through this um, transition in your life, and you had a blog, Maker Mistaker, and then you took the the posts from that and created a book as well, mm-hmm. and which I love. And then, so that's what was going through my head that, okay, Jeff being in Europe and all of this, this is the next book, especially I was seeing all your, your photos, which I, I really hadn't seen from you before a lot of words and a lot of creative design, but now here's Jeff, the photographer. And I was, I I still see it, you know, here's, Especially you're talking about I was at the castle during the day and then at night I'm having meditation sessions when I'm screaming and crying. That's pretty interesting, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. I know. And I didn't share any of that personal stuff on the Internet the whole time I was traveling. It was only only cool photos. That's the only thing I share publicly. Mm. Yeah, I, I just see it. And you how does it feel whenever you, uh, your your book is released? What is that joy like? Oh, it's so cool. It's just like, you know, feeling it in my hands and, and knowing that it's like a closing, a, a feeling of closure of, a, of success and accomplishment, you know, like, okay, yeah, I had a blog for three years, but, and I felt like I was done with the blog when I moved to Austin. Like I didn't feel like it fit anymore with me where I was going and I needed to wrap it up. So instead of taking it offline, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I just put it all in a neatly packaged book and, uh, close the chapter that way. And so that's what I did. And it was just like, it felt like I honored and respected that part of my life and, you know, by putting it in that book. So even if nobody bought it, I would still be pretty proud of it. Um, The fact that now people can take and read my entire blog from start to finish in a way that it's organized, you know, Mm -hmm. I organize it by different sections and stuff and that people can get a really a a summation of everything that I've learned in those years. And it has, and it makes good sense to them and it helps them. Now that's just a bonus. Mm -hmm. You had said one time about an idea is placed inside of someone, and if we don't nurture, grow, give water to that idea, then it will leave. Uh, Talk talk about that. That, I remember, I think that was on one of your podcasts or one of your writings, and I, I thought that was a really awesome way of looking at it. Yeah, so like this idea that an idea is alive. It's a consciousness. It's an energy. It's non-physical. It's um. It sort of needs to be physically manifested. So this idea wants to be birthed into this world, and so it's looking for suitable surrogates to be manifested through. So if it's uh, an idea that, like musical idea, or whatever, it's going to be finding uh, people that are capable of putting it into the world. So talented musicians or people that whose energetic frequency matches with it. And so if you get an inspiration. If you get a big idea, that's because you're a match for that idea to to make it, to create it, to manifest it. And if you and if you don't want it, not all good, not all of these ideas are something that you have to do, or that you, if you don't want to do it, it's going to say, okay, I'm going to go find someone else that will. 
And, and that's so funny because the idea that inspiration will leave and then you won't, you'll no longer feel inspired after a certain amount of time. It might be, eh, that idea is passed or whatever. And this actually happened to me with the starseed patches. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I've got the ideas and I've written, I've been, I'm so inspired. So this idea is flirting with me for like pretty hardcore. And so I start sketching it out and it's like, it's loving my interaction with it. You know, it's like, oh, thank you. This is so fun. And then I sort of become afraid or, or uh, I don't know if lazy is the word, but I, I just kind of stagnate on this idea for a while. And then I'm on my Instagram and I see another starseed friend of mine named Krista. She posts a starseed patch. And I was like, no fucking way. Like, I've been thinking of this and I want to do it. And yeah. then you go ahead and do it. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's so awesome. I have these ideas I want to do. It. And she's like, actually, no, 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 do it. We still want you to do it. Like, do your own idea. You know, like, we can't, I'm not the only one who owns the word starseed, you know, make your own cool stuff. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Okay, good. <laughs> so. It was kind of a kick in the butt to finish it up. And, and at the same time, you were talking about this and then you see it come through in real life, in real action. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I, <clears throat> there's more. If you want, if you like that idea, there's more about that. I got that idea from the book Big Magic by Melissa Melissa Gilbert. I think I, I don't know. I think that's who wrote it. But yeah, Big Magic. It's kind of cool. Jeff, what what was your has been your main takeaway? Well, actually, I guess let's just say so. Germany, Italy. Just kind of fast forward to yep. the rest of your Europe trip and. And what is uh, what do you walk away from that with? Okay, so let me fast forward real quick. Now, in I, I from Italy, I went to Scotland to Edinburgh just for a week or so, and then from there I went to Ireland, which I spent a month in Ireland in different cities and did a ton of hiking, walking and walking and walking, and and then I also uh, got in touch with a, a friend from Finland there in Dublin, and then I went and paid her a visit after I left Ireland before I went home, and so. That was how my trip ended, was uh, leaving Finland and coming back. But I went to Austin again before I ended up stopping at home. So, And then I saw um, some of my old friends there, which was really rewarding to kind of see them and uh, catch up with them before I went home. I thought I would be having a lot more uh, social fun over there. I didn't realize how much... Okay, so here, let me give you this takeaway. So one of the big takeaways is... Uh, there's this phrase, wherever you go, there you are. Mm. And um, so it didn't matter what city I was in, what surroundings I was in, who I was with. I was always there, the same person, you mm. know. Um, so the way who you are sitting right here at your desk, listening to this or wherever you are, you're that same person no matter where you are in the world. So you think that your surroundings will change you. They do for a little bit, but then they you get used to it and adapt, and then you're still the same person. So... Um, if you're not really enjoying your life very much and you kind of look negatively about a lot of things, you're going to probably feel the same way no matter where you go and who you surround yourself with until you address what that is inside you. Mm -hmm. um, so, But being in, in those different surroundings gives me new perspective on how the world is and how America is. And also, the, the, the if you just live on the Internet, you have a very, dis, a very skewed sense of the way the world is from what I experienced, you know, walking around and being in it. Mm -hmm. now, now, granted, I didn't go and participate in a lot of the community. I was okay. just observing the city, observing nature. But being outside, when I'm on the Internet, I have this perspective of Europe through the media, through social media and through the news and all of this stuff. And then, But it wasn't really like that. I didn't experience any of that in, in real life. Mm -hmm. um, 
like like terror like related yeah yeah like okay. i didn't experience anything like that yeah uh, now of course and i'm 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 in dublin i'm in helsinki i'm in berlin germany i'm in uh these bigger cities and stuff yeah. but but i wasn't you know yeah it's very multicultural in the downtown areas and stuff like that but it's and it's and it's touristy but it seems it, it didn't seem to affect me or didn't seem to be as extreme as the way the online media portrays yes. it and you know. just in case, you know, just to kind of put that in perspective, I totally agree. And I do and now, thankfully, I've got friends who are out of the United States and they can give me a different perspective. But, yeah, I mean, in America, it's like, hey, I'm going to go to Europe. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you're going to Europe. You're crazy. Like, uh, that's <laughs> you're going to get killed. I mean, you're going to get yep. killed. I love you. Please make a will. And this is it was great knowing you. So I totally get it. That's like the fear that's pushed into us. So uh, getting out there to see the other cultures firsthand gives a different outlook on it. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny when you say other cultures, because most of the culture in Europe is Western culture. It's the same as America. Okay, okay. And, and I think that has a lot to do with globalism and trying to make all cultures sort of the same or dilute, dilute the cultures with... Uh, you know, capitalism and chain stores and, and um, all of that stuff, mm. globalist brands. Every, it's like pretty much I'm in another country. Yeah, the art architecture is different. The language is different. But the airports and the transportation and the customs are pretty much all the same. You know, people mm -hmm. buy and sell and eat the same kind of stuff pretty much wherever I went. Now, I didn't go to some, I didn't go to, you know, very many third world countries or mm -hmm. um, anything that wasn't already westernized, so to speak. Okay. Um, and that's that's good, and and that's uh that's you know I take it, it's good and bad because it definitely helps me as someone who's new to traveling. I was like, oh, at least I can go to McDonald's if I have to. At least I can go to Subway, or, or Starbucks if I find one. I and Starbucks yeah. was often like my safe place sometimes when I didn't know where to go. There you I had go. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, and a cup of coffee. Yeah, you know, and I knew what how to order from the menu. So and, I, and then once I like got my my uh, feet anchored on the ground and knew. I got some food in my belly, then I felt safe enough to venture out on my own. And then I start want to try to taste some of the more uh, traditional dishes from that country. Um, so it's, and it's, um, what else? What else can I say that there's a big takeaway of? Well, what's next? Where, where does Jeff go from here? Where do I go from here? Well, I'm looking for a new place to live. Um, there's a desire in me that I want to establish some roots and some consistency because after three months traveling, I'm like, God damn, I'm so tired of not knowing where I'm going to stay tomorrow night Yeah, and having to book my Airbnb and have constantly having to book and book and book and, and, and do that. So I want some permanent place that I can stay. But at the same time, I, none of these destinations are jumping out at me. Like I don't mm -hmm. really want to stay in Ohio unless, or at least in Northeast Ohio where I've grown, born and raised because I'm just, doesn't feel like me. I feel like I need to be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to do another road trip and uh, cross the country again in my car awesome. and, and kind of with an eye of looking out for maybe a place where I can, where I'm the next place for me to live. Could move back to Austin. Don't know. I do have a, a, an inclination to visit the Pacific Northwest. Yes. I want to see the mountains and waterfalls and the forests up there and then and scope out some of the towns that are close to the mountains. And maybe maybe one of those will pop out to me as a place to live. 
What do you say to someone listening who is lacking courage to step into what their heart is calling out them to do? Mm. Well, I have to say I have compassion and I really understand because, you know, we're, we've all been there and I especially have been there. But what it, what your soul really wants you to do is to pay attention to it. It's so that's why I say like the meditation is really good and helpful because it's just you consciously making an effort to tune into that part of yourself. And when I say your soul, it's like your heart, your essence. And if you're religious, whatever, this is where you access God. You know, this is where you access, you know, if you were to be praying or whatever it is that you do, I don't, I don't do that. I, 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 I feel like I connect to this feeling within my soul that I would call God, but I don't really have words for it. Just, I know it to be that. It just feels like truth. So that's what your soul wants you to do. So, and if you're feeling the lack of courage, if you're feeling scared, what I would recommend is you just rest with that feeling, you know, and, and be honest with yourself and talk to your soul and say, I feel scared. I, I wish I had the courage to do what I feel like you want me to do. And, or if you don't know what it is you want to do, say, look, I really am confused. I don't know what you want me to do. What is, you know, as speaking to yourself from, it's like you were, you're, it's like you are looking out at your life here on earth from this godlike perspective and saying, mm. you're struggling, you know, you don't have the courage, but we love you. I love you. I want to be, I want you to succeed. I want you to follow that path. And, you know, so it's like you're, you're supporting yourself from this higher perspective and knowing that you, it's not just you, you have your soul, your soul family, that everyone here is in support of you following your highest truth, your authentic truth. And that's mm -hmm. why you're here on this planet. I mean, and if, and if you're in the path of pleasing others for your own approval and for your own worth, you're pretty off track. Mm. Mm. You got to, and, and you know, pleasing others may be part of your soul, maybe part of your purpose, but it's going to come from you doing what you love. Uh, and I don't, I don't think there's any way that we can escape that feeling of we need to be focused on what our soul wants for us. That's why we're here. Mm. Jeff, where can people go online if they want to find out more information about you, sir? Well, you can go to jefffinley.org. That's my main site. And then my shop is Starseed Supply. So you can look that up on Etsy or Instagram, wherever. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Until next time, I'm your host. I'm your number one, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. And this is Steady Focused.